Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
Don't, don't stop clapping. We're going to take you out of here tonight. Come on. He's lifted up. Come on, quiet. Let's say it. Lift it up. Come on, lift it up. We say our God. It's lifted up. Come on, lift it up. We say lift it. We say our God. It's lifted up. Sing it again. Sing yeah. He's lifted up. We say our God. It's lifted up. Come on, lift it up. He's lifted up. Our God is lifted. So we say, higher than the heavens. He's greater than the nation. He is exalted. Let the whole world rejoice. We say, our God. He's lifted up. We say, our God. He is lifted. We say, lifted up. He's lifted up. We say our God is lifted up. He's lifted up. Good morning. Welcome to worship here at the Salem Baptist Church. We would like to invite you to stand as we begin our worship experience. And let me just say this, it's so wonderful to see your beautiful and smiling faces ready to worship the Lord. Amen. The Bible says God is great and most worthy to be praised. And his greatness is beyond our imagination. His greatness is beyond what we can fathom. And so we serve a God who is great beyond our wildest imaginations. Amen. And we also serve a Savior in Jesus Christ. And we have a lot to be thankful for here this morning. The scripture for this morning reflects that same reality. It's from Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 through 17, and it says this, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we're thankful for you and your triuneness, not simply because of what you've done, though you've done so much. We thank you simply because of who you are, the one who spoke the universe into existence, the author and the finisher for our faith. So we praise you with our lives, and this morning we lift your name up and praise you with our lips. We ask that you would bless this worship service and that it be honoring to you in your name. And we pray this in most blessed and magnificent name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Our hymn of the month has been great as our faithfulness. Come on, let's express, express the faithfulness of God together. Everybody, come on, one voice. Great is.
say he's been faithful. Come on, declare the faithfulness of the Lord. Testify this morning how faithful God has been to you in your life. Come on, the Lord has been so faithful to us and we are not ashamed of it. Hallelujah. Can we declare that we believe in the house? Come on, put your hands together. 
Goodbye to depression. Goodbye anxiety. Goodbye all fear. Say goodbye. So goodbye. I'm not worried about it. I'm not scared about it. Say bye bye. Say bye bye. So look at the problem and say goodbye, and say goodbye, and say goodbye. So long, so long, so long, bye-bye. Hey, so long, bye-bye. You are, you are it is to believe in the Lord and Jesus Christ. Salem, it's now time for the privilege of prayer. Such a great privilege that we have that the Lord has given us. The Bible says that the Lord draws near to all who call on him. All who call on him in truth. And we're going to do that this morning. And as we prepare our hearts and our mind for prayer, we want to lift up those 
on our prayer list. Those hospitalized, Sister Felicia Thompson. Those in need of prayer, Sister Gloria Brody, Sister Aline Brooks, Sister Tina Brown, Sister Frances Ruth Burton, Sister Lily Carther, Sister Melanie Chambers, Sister Kendra Johnson, Sister Cynthia Long, Sister Dortha Yarbrough, Brother J.D. Prince, Deacon Cliff Robbins, Brother Larry Wallington, Brother Larry Washington. We also want to lift up and keep in our hearts and our minds the families of those that are bereaved. Sister Patsy Stewart and the loss of her mother, Kiziana Curtis. Uh, what a beautiful homegoing celebration we had here on yesterday. Brother Joe and Sister Eunice Williams and the loss of his sister, Betty Williams. Sister Gloria Morrison and the loss of her sister, Tahira Ali. The family of Sister Michelle and Gaines. Sister Roberta Watson and the loss of her daughter, Elizabeth Ann Hubbard. Celebration of life will be held here from Salem Baptist Church this Friday, February 3rd at noon. And Sister Lenora Perkins and the loss of her mother, our member, Flora Blake. Let us go before the Lord in prayer corporately. Lord, we thank you so much for the awesome privilege of prayer. We thank you not only for the ability to come directly to you, to kneel on our knees in our prayer closets and hear directly from you, to lift all of our burdens, all of our praise, all of our thanksgiving directly to you. But we thank you for the privilege of being able to come together corporately, the whole congregation before you in prayer, lifting up our church, our people, our nation, and thanking you for your magnificence. Lord, we can't thank you enough. If we could live for a couple of eternities, we couldn't thank you enough. And so we thank you again for the ability to come before you. Who is man that you are mindful of him? But Lord, you are just more than just mindful of us. You created us to worship you. You created us to be in relationship with you. And when we fail, you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins and die on the cross the same death that we deserved because that's how much you loved us. And Lord, with that same love, we ask that you allow us to give that love horizontally to others around us, that you allow us to share that same sort of love to our community, our nation, those in need, our brothers and our sisters. Lord, help us to learn to forgive one another just as you forgave us. Lord, we don't deserve you. Our worth is only because of you. We are mere dust, but you breathe life into us. And Lord, you did more than that. You breathed your eternal Holy Spirit into us and gave us life, an eternal life abundantly. So we thank you. We praise you. We thank you for the ability, the gift of faith to believe in you. And we, thankful, we thank you for the faithfulness of your son. Lord, help us to continue to believe in you, to believe in you as the Lord and the Savior of our life. Help us to believe that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. Help us to believe that you created the world from nothing and you spoke it into existence. Help us to believe that you know the ending before the beginning, that you existed 
before time and space, that you are beyond our wildest imaginations, that you are infinite and we are finite, that as high as the heavens are above the earth, so is you above us. But yet you still love us. The scriptures tells us that you're intimate, that you're close to us. And we thank you for that. Thank you for drawing near to us when we call upon your name. And so, Lord, thank you for the ability to believe in your name. Thank you for the miracles. Thank you for the wonders. Thank you for life that is in Christ Jesus. And, Lord, when we doubt, we ask that you would help us in our unbelief. Lord, help us to say bye-bye to all timidity. Help us to say bye-bye to all low self-esteem. Help us to say bye-bye to guilt. Help us to say bye-bye to all those things that hold us down and say yes to reverence in you, to say yes to the joy and the comfort and peace that comes from being in you. Help us to say bye-bye to fear and yes to the glory that is in your name. This morning, Lord, we thank you for your weightiness. We thank you for the ability to place all of our weights all the way on you in faith. Lord, increase our faith in you. And Lord, bless us as we continue this worship service. Bless us as we hear from our senior pastor. Speak through him and touch our hearts as we hear a message just for us directly from you. And we thank you so much for his life and his walk and what he's doing here at the Salem Baptist Church. So open our hearts to receive and hear from him. And bless us as we continue to lift up your name and worship you. And Lord, we specifically pray for every person on this prayer list. Those on this prayer list and those that are in need of prayer, even not on this prayer list. Lord, we lift them up to you. We ask that you would lay your hands on them, that you would give them peace, comfort, and strength, and joy that only comes from knowing you. Draw us closer to you, Lord God. And we pray all these things in the matchless and blessed name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning, Salem. Amen to those who are in the sanctuary of the Salem Church as well as those who are in our virtual sanctuary. We bless God for each and every one of you and what a privilege it is to be able to come and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Amen. And we praise God for each and every one of you. Uh, we must say it is incumbent upon us for us to continue to pray for our country uh, in various ways, but to continue to see uh, the injustices that are uh, played out upon uh, persons who are citizens of our country, specifically our young African-American men who are treated so unfairly, amen, and are granted a capital punishment for maybe not putting their blinker on, amen. Uh, no one deserves to die because of a traffic stop at the hands of a white police officer or at the hands of black police officers so that we need to pray and allow our voice to be heard at the ballot box and also in our community endeavors to make sure that there is change, change, transformation, systemic transformation and so we need to pray and then we need to act. Amen. 
need to pray and then we need to act and allow our voices to be heard. I just have to admit publicly, I only watched about 15 minutes, 15 seconds, I'm sorry, of that uh, video. Uh, and I won't say the word that it made me because I want to be respectful of the sanctuary. Uh, but something welled up inside of me and I had to turn it off because I was filling the blank. Um, amen. And so we need to pray and we need to act, y'all. Uh, that's just a shame. That's just a shame. Amen. I'm going to move on. Uh, please remember all of your weekly opportunities for ministry, fellowship, discipleship, and worship on this Tuesday in partnership with Omaha Performing Arts. Uh, Wynton Marsalis will be here at 630. Uh, he will be doing a presentation on Wednesday. He will be doing a performance um, for Omaha Public, Omaha Performing Arts. But again, he will be here at Salem Church on Tuesday at 630 sharing his expertise, his experience. And if I'm correct, if you're here on Tuesday, you can receive a ticket for the performance on Wednesday. Uh, so again, we thank God for the partnerships that we have as a part of our community endeavors and outreach. Uh, and again, that one with Omaha Performing Arts. Amen. Now, y'all acting like y'all don't know who Wynton Marsalis is, y'all. Y'all know y'all listen to jazz. Come on now. is not prohibited. Amen. Amen. Sugar Mama, you got your crown on today. That means your birthday was yesterday. Won't you stand up? Sugar Mama had a birthday on yesterday. Turned nine years old. Happy birthday to you. Amen. We've watched her and others who are part of our congregation just grow up and grow up. I guess I get old. Amen. Praise God is better than the alternative. Amen. You bet, just can't be God-giving no matter how you try, and the Lord is faithful to those who are faithful to him through the giving of their tithe and their offering. The Lord is gracious to us, and it is our responsibility and privilege to respond to him uh, and his faithfulness to us by returning to him a portion of that which he has given unto us. Amen. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. All that we have comes from the Lord. Amen. And again, it is our privilege to return to him the tithe, the 10%, one-tenth of the resources that the Lord has given to us. And the Bible says he will then open the windows of heaven and pour us out blessings. We won't have room enough to receive. And I know we have some witnesses that can declare that it is the truth. That he honors our sacrifice and he honors our faithfulness. For those who are part of or in person and worship on today, as you exit the worship experience, immediately following the benediction, there will be persons in place to receive your tithe and your offering. For those who are a part of the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church, uh, you can give through our website at salembc.org. You can mail your tithe and offering here to the 
Church at 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. From 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, you can bring your tithe and offering. Give through Venmo, through PayPal, through Cash App, and you can text to give. But however you give, give with a spirit of thanksgiving. Amen. Again, the Lord will honor your faithfulness and your sacrifice. We share this affirmation. It is an affirmation of what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church. We plant good seed and good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed and good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together and praise the Lord. We're going to move forward in worship at this time and ask our music and fine arts ministry to lead us further in worship.
to pass for if God said it we believe it and we know that it shall come to pass hallelujah we want to encourage you this morning 
going through it and praise him going to it praise until the promise comes to pass I'm going to praise him going through it and praise him going to it praise until the promise comes to pass it's going to come to pass it's going to come to pass it's going to come to It's going to come to pass. I'm going to worship him through it and worship him to it. Worship until the promise comes to pass. I'm going to worship him through it gonna lift my hands until I get to it and gonna worship until the promise comes to pass for it's going to come to pass it's gonna come Said it's gonna come to pass. Whatever the Lord says, it's gonna come to pass. Come on, everybody. I'm gonna praise Him going through it. Gonna praise Him going to it. Gonna worship him to it and worship until the promise. Everybody say it's gonna come, it's gonna come. Yourself, hey, it's 
Stand down in reverence to the word of God. I'm going to ask you to turn to the Old Testament book of Ezra. The book of Ezra. First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, and then you'll arrive at Ezra. Ezra chapter one. And we'll read in your hearing on today verses one and two. Ezra chapter one, verses one and two. The word of God reads, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, 
so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put in writing saying thus says Cyrus king of Persia all the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem which is in Judah may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord's word is blessed. I'm going to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, a picture of the roots of renewal. A picture of the roots of renewal. On last week, we continued focusing on the theme for Salem Church in 2023, the year of renewal. The sermon was entitled Revelation of Renewal from Isaiah chapter 44, verses 24 through 28. That sermon, Scripture, scripture revealed uh, the qualities, characteristics, and behaviors of the Lord on behalf of his people in the text. Jewish exiles and you on today. It was revealed that the Lord redeems and he does so because of Kesed, his loyal love for his people. Further, it was revealed that the Lord created all that is and confounds the false prophets and those the world estimates as wise. And ultimately, it revealed that you can rejoice in knowing the Lord rectifies and restores. And therefore, there are some things, some people in some situations, you simply have to allow the Lord to handle. And then you can rejoice on the road to renewal and release as he restores that which has been left lifeless and in ruin. Although each sermon for this year, 2023, will not have the theme of renewal as its central point of emphasis, uh, beginning the new year highlighting that theme and topic matter has been a rewarding effort and endeavor. Now the sermon and scripture on, scripture on last week, Isaiah chapter 24, verses 20, uh, verses, uh, chapter 44, verses 24 through 28 can be intricately connected to what is about to occur in Ezra chapter 1. We will observe the picture, the prototype, a profile of the roots, the origins, and genesis of the renewal these Jewish people who had experienced captivity in Babylon will experience themselves. This picture of the roots of renewal should cause you to focus your attention and awareness on what is occurring in your life. You see the roots, the building blocks, the foundation of your renewal may be revealing themselves around you at this very moment. Yet if your spiritual senses are not alert and attentive, you very, very may well miss the movement the Lord is making on your behalf. If you're not mindful, you may overlook the necessary and essential elements 
the Lord is combining to produce the correct circumstances and coordinating the correct timing for your renewal. Let's take a moment, carefully comb through this scriptural collection of historical significance in the lives of the Lord's people. And the first essential element of a picture of the roots of renewal is this, to observe the preeminent and prerogative power of the Lord. The preeminent and prerogative power of the Lord. With all of the significance other parties will play in the release and renewal of the Lord's people from Babylonian captivity, we cannot fail to consider the importance of the Lord. Even though we've emphasized the other characters that have played parts in the ongoing saga of the Jewish captives, to dismiss or discount the dramatic and demonstrative influence and impact of the Lord in his people's road to renewal and release would be to miss the forest for the trees. Yes, the words of the prophet Isaiah are poetic and profound. Without a doubt, the proclamations of the weeping prophet Jeremiah carry immeasurable weight and wisdom, and the role of Babylon's uh, king Nebuchadnezzar is essential to this historical development in the lives of the Lord's people, and King Cyrus of Persia's rising dominance cannot be deleted from this chapter in the lives of the Babylonian captivities, but family of God, don't overlook the preeminent and prerogative power of the Lord. To be preeminent is to come before all others, to be highest in rank or authority, to stand above others in rank, importance, or Achievement, the greatest in importance, degree, or significance. And I want to tell you that he is the Lord. He is preeminent. Prerogative, prerogative is something to which one has a just claim. It is a right reserved exclusively by someone particularly. When we, we observe what develops on behalf of these Jewish people, it is evident that the Lord is preeminent. He is above all earthly kings, princes, rulers, and authorities, and he has prerogative. He has just claim and a reserved right to act as he wishes. It is embodied in the theological term that is often used to describe the Lord's preeminence and prerogative, and that term being sovereignty. The Lord is sovereign, which means he directs all things freely according to his own royal counsel and his own will. He is Lord over creation and independently exercises his rule. The Lord's sovereignty is evident in his supreme authority and absolute power. He is superior to all. 
Well, allow me to communicate the Lord's sovereignty from the Bacchus Dictionary of Theological Terms that has a, a probably been borrowed from someone else's explanation. It means the Lord can do whatever he wishes to do, whenever he wishes to do it, however he wishes to do it, through whomever he decides to do it through, and for whomever he chooses to do it for. The Lord is sovereign. His power is preeminent and prerogative. It means there may be actors on the stage, but there is a divine director behind the scenes who is coordinating, controlling, and conducting what's taking place before you. Oh, and the Lord displays this reality that he is preeminent and he has prerogative power in this text on today. And as we observe the picture of the roots of renewal, notice uh, the Lord can perform a past, uh, he can perform a promise from the past in the present. He can perform a promise from the past in the present. Take into account the first words of Ezra chapter 1 verse 1. Now in the first year of Cyrus king of Persia that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. Ezra chapter 1 reminds you the Lord has made a promise through the words of his appointed and anointed prophets that this renewal and release would come to pass. What transpires is evidence that the Lord can perform and fulfill his promise. Verse 1 says, the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. <clears throat> Listen to the words that are referred to, that are recorded in the biblical book that bears the name of the prophet Jeremiah First, in Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 12 and 13, where it says this. Then it will come to pass, when 70 years are completed, that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for the iniquity, says the Lord. And I will make it a perpetual desolation so I will bring on that land all my words which I have pronounced against it all that is written in this book which Jeremiah has prophesied concerning all the nations and listen again to the words of the prophet Jeremiah in uh, the 29th chapter of Jeremiah verses 10 through 14 for thus says the Lord after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future 
and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me. Then you, uh, when you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. Now, family of God, please remember and take into account Jeremiah communicates this promise of renewal and release to the Babylonian exiles, exiles 70 years before it begins to take place in Ezra chapter 1, verse 1. Now, allow me to further establish the idea that the Lord is able to perform a promise from the past in the present by taking a moment to revisit the sacred section of Scripture that was highlight highlighted in the sermon from last week. In Isaiah chapter 44, verses 26 through 28, it says this, who confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers who says to Jerusalem you shall be inhabited to the cities of Judah you shall be built and I will raise up her waste places who says to the deep be dry and I will dry up your rivers who says of Cyrus he is my shepherd and he shall perform all my pleasure saying to Jerusalem you shall be built and to the temple your foundation shall be laid as I shared earlier Jeremiah conveyed and communicated his prophetic proclamation about the Lord's promise 70 years before it began to be fulfilled in Ezra chapter 1. Now we have to additionally consider it is suggested that Isaiah made his proclamation concerning King Cyrus over 150 years before Cyrus overthrew and ruled over Babylon. Contemplate and reflect on that. The Lord made his promise about his people's renewal and release through Isaiah over 150 years before it began and reiterated it and re reaffirmed it through Jeremiah 70 years before it came to pass. The word of the Lord makes it apparent because of his preeminent and prerogative power. The Lord can perform a, a promise from the past in the present. And it's all because of who the Lord is. It's because of how the Lord operates. It's because of the Lord's power. He can declare and decree his promise in one period of time and demonstrate and display his promise keeping power in another time. Child of God, it may be frustrating. It may be irritating and aggravating when the Lord speaks to you and you perceive and receive his promise for your life and your future 
and it does not appear and arrive immediately and its realization and actualization does not coincide with your calendar entries or agenda items. Be reminded, the Lord's timetable does not always conform, comply, or correspond with yours. Be reminded, child of God, the Lord is not required to coordinate with you. The Lord is not obligated to make sure his list of things to do complies with yours. And rest assured, child of God, he does not need your consent, your permission, or your approval to carry out his design for your life. Now, I'm sure those who are in Babylonian exile wished and wanted this moment to arrive before it did, but the Lord, I told you, is sovereign. And his divine design was perfectly prearranged to bring his will to pass. Uh, and his promise from the past will be performed on his own timetable. That's why David was able to compose these words in Psalm 27 verses 13 and 14. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait on the Lord because the Lord can perform a promise from the past in the present, but I need to alert you. It may just not happen exactly when and how you want it. So understand, we see the preeminent and prerogative power of the Lord because the Lord can perform a promise from the past in the present. But not only that, the Lord can propel his plan in a peculiar way. The Lord can propel his plan in a peculiar way. As I referred to earlier, the Lord through his prophets made clear the promise he made to those Jewish exiles in Babylonian captivity. His promise, his plan was that he would punish the king of Babylon and the nation of Babylon. They shall be made a perpetual and permanent desolation and experience the same sort of devastation that Jerusalem and Judah had experienced. His promise was to cause Jerusalem to be inhabited, for the cities of Judah to be rebuilt and the foundation of the temple to be laid and ultimately the temple to be rebuilt. And this is all because of what is communicated in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Listen again. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, uh, to give you future and a hope. And if you reference the same verse in the New International Version of the Bible, it says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. 
The Lord's plan of renewal, restoration, and release was inextricably and inseparably interwoven and intertwined with his promise and vice versa. There was no promise without his plan, and there was no plan without his promise. It is without a doubt those who had been carried away into captivity from Jerusalem in Judah to Babylon would have desired and dreamt of their conquered king Zedekiah who had been captured and blinded by Nebuchadnezzar or one of his royal descendants would have risen to the monumental moment of their oppression and liberated them from their affliction, tribulation, and torment. And yet... That was not the Lord's plan. The Lord's plan was to enlist and enroll a, form, a foreign, unfamiliar king of Persia by the name of Cyrus to lead their liberation, enabling them to ultimately experience renewal and restoration. And the Lord does so in a peculiar and particular manner. Listen to verse 1 of Ezra chapter 1. There's a word in there that you have to pay attention to. It says, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, at the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of of Persia. That word stirred means to be roused from a sleeping state, to be awakened, to incite. For this word to be employed and utilized in this context, it indicates that Cyrus was not necessarily physically asleep, but he was not absolutely conscious of the part he was to play in the plan of the Lord to liberate the Babylonian exiles. But the Lord opened his eyes. The Lord arrested his attention. The Lord captured his curiosity. And the Lord grasps, grasped his awareness to the degree that he was awakened and motivated to spearhead the Lord's plan for his people's release. That's sometimes, child of God, how the Lord operates. He awakens the willingness of those who decided to be neutral and non-aligned. He rouses the enthusiasm and eagerness of the unimpressed and uninterested. The Lord stokes the fire of dedication and devotion to his cause in those who had previously cared less about his kingdom. And understand, child of God, when the Lord stokes that fire, when the Lord awakens the spirit and the soul, the world should take note because a change is about to come. Think about David. After he was anointed, he was willing to fight a nine-foot giant called Goliath. 
Think about Isaiah after experiencing the presence of the Lord in the temple in Isaiah chapter 6. He responds to the call of the Lord saying, send me. I will go. After Jeremiah disputed his call because of his youth, he was emboldened to declare what that thus says the Lord. And after the apostle Paul was persecuting the church, after he was blinded on the Damascus road, after his sight was restored, he boldly preached the death, burial, resurrection, and return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And someone that hears my voice in this very moment, the Lord is awakening you he's rousing you he's stirring you from your sleep he is disturbing the slumber of your safe sound secure and sheltered place in life and making you aware in this moment he has a plan and you are a profound and prominent part of his plan child of God it's now time to step up and to sign up and to straighten up and surrender to your part in the Lord's plan. As Spike Lee creatively penned the first two words of his movie, Do the Right Thing, and the last two words of his movie, School Days, Wake Up. And as I borrow the words of the so cool, so smooth Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. I'm simply trying to tell you the Lord has a plan, and it's time for you to wake up and be a part of his plan. Oh, yes, the Lord can perform a promise from the past and the present. The Lord can propel his plan in particular ways but I let you go back into the cold by saying this the Lord can preserve his purpose through his powerful persuasion the Lord can preserve his purpose through his powerful persuasion I said earlier there's no promise from the Lord without the Lord's plan and there's no plan from the Lord without the Lord's promise and I want to add to that that the Lord's promise and the Lord's plan would have been incomplete without his purpose. Because ultimately the Lord's purpose was to restore Jerusalem, reestablish Judah, and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem so that he would once again be worshipped in the holy city and receive the reverence and recognition he was due. And the Lord was determined to preserve his purpose. And he does so through the power of his uh, persuasion, prevailing and prompting. The Lord convinced, commanded, and compelled King Cyrus to bring his divine purpose to pass. And the thing that is evident is that Cyrus confesses, concedes, and comes clean about why he's bringing the Lord's purpose to pass. It was because the Lord said so. Because the Lord used his power of persuasion to serve his divine purpose. 
J. Gordon McConville in his commentary on Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther says this. These scriptures show not only that this mighty king was subject, whether he knew it or not, to the prompting of God who stirred up his spirit, stirred up his spirit, but also that God had brought him to earthly preeminence for the very purpose of the salvation of his people. Listen again to verses 1 and 2 of Ezra chapter 1. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, at the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem which is in Judah. Cyrus in this proclamation pronounces, it is the Lord God of heaven that has persuaded him, that has commanded him, that has commissioned him to bring to pass his purpose of releasing his people and renewing them and renewing the temple and rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. It was the Lord's prevailing and persuasive power at work in the renewal of his people. Now I'm going to try to say a little bit more about that on next week. But I want to conclude by saying you should be grateful and thankful for the Lord's powerful persuasion on your behalf. Oh, you ought to be grateful and appreciative for the Lord's power. Somebody ought to help me preach this thing. You ought to be appreciative about the Lord's power in your life because it's a power that's an otherworldly power I ought to have a witness uh, it is a power that is above human power I'm done y'all it's, it's a power that math, mathematicians cannot calculate or compute I'm talking about the Lord's power it's a power that linguists cannot fully explain, elucidate, or explicate. It, it, it's, it's God's power. A power that scientists cannot contain in the theory, restrict to a formula, or confine to a postulate or a principle. I'm talking about the Lord's power. It's a power that's above human power a power that the human mind cannot imagine its limits a power that the human heart cannot fully comprehend its depth and a power that human senses cannot grasp it's a power that heals it's a power that delivers 
Jesus. It's a power that sets free. It's a power that saves. It's a power that restores. It's a power that releases. It is, as the old saints would say, a wonder-working power. You ought to be thankful for his power on today. And you ought to praise him for his power. I'm going to need the organ today. Ah, yes, you ought to thank God for his power. And the old saints put pen to paper centuries ago and declared all hell the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Let every tongue and every tribe on this celestial ball to him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. Another songwriter said, Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder the power through it all the universe display then sings my soul my savior God to thee how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. I'm talking about the power of Almighty God. And child of God, if you can't think anything else about his power, remember that one Friday outside the walls of Jerusalem on a hill called Calvary, Jesus died for your sins and for mine. He, was allowed, he allowed his own precious and pure blood to be shared on Calvary's cross. Oh, but I thank God for his power because the story wasn't over on Calvary's cross because the Bible says bright early Sunday morning they went to the tomb and angelic beings inquired, why look for the living among the dead? Oh, because the one who died on Friday who was hung on Calvary's cross, who was laid in this tomb, is no more in the tomb. He is raised with what all power in his hand. Somebody ought to be glad today about that wonder-working power. Uh, it is the Savior that we serve. Oh, and he'll never lose his doors of the church are open. The invitation is extended. I want to thank God today and you ought to thank him today for that wonder working power, that saving power, that healing power, that delivering power, that renewing power, that power that can save your soul on today. 
that power that can promise you life, life eternal. That you can spend eternity in the presence of Almighty God and the saints throughout all the ages. Romans 10 reminds us if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so we extend this invitation even now. If you're here in the sanctuary, immediately following the benediction, there will be someone in place just outside the sanctuary to receive you into the family of faith. Or if you're listening or watching, you can give us a call even now at 402-455-1000, option three. There's someone waiting to hear your voice. Why don't you come? you're seated in the sanctuary we pray, pray and believe that someone on today has given their life to this all powerful God that we serve that your walk with him will be empowered because of his presence in your life let's bow our heads again Lord we thank you today for speaking to us through your word we thank you for the privilege today to worship you in spirit and in truth, we pray that this worship experience has encouraged your people as we move into a new era in our lives, into a new week, and face the challenges of today and tomorrow. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy, to the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God said together, amen, amen, and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead.